0: Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. It. <laughs> it's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you.
1: From the playlegajet.com digital studio This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And it is time for midweek news and notes And so for that we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter The whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley Chris, this is going to be the last during the regular season Midweek news and notes for the 2021-2022 season A bittersweet ending to a fun series we'll still be doing midweek News and notes by the way every week it's just not Going to be in the middle of the season
0: Uh Yeah no Offense but there's nothing bitter about it this is just, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm done with the season I've been done With this season for a couple weeks now Uh, Granted uh, Sunday was a nice pleasant surprise I wasn't expected to be So entertained and be able to have That much just it's not Even about the season like how it Went and the losses it's about COVID and the injuries and just the, the fact that, like, what are we looking at with so many teams on Sundays going out there? You know, it wasn't this week, but against the Jags, they went out there missing 20 players. Like, from a team that we knew going into the season was going to be down talent, we're missing this many players from it. It's, it's hard for me to sit here and watch a game and think I can take anything away from it. And so even last week where it was positive – it's still like okay. There's only so much you can be take away from any of this. I mean, there's like the people that were out there. A lot of them aren't going to be back here, and it's not even that they're not going to be back here. From normal. It's just they were just band aids to get through that game. Um, so yeah, I'm I couldn't be more excited for the season to be over. Everything we need to talk about is. Is is off season related? There's there's nothing that needs to be talked about going forward for this week. This who cares? So I'm ready for the to get straight to the off season.
1: Before we get to the off season, though, there is still one game left to play. So there is news surrounding it, and the biggest news is that two guys had their seasons ended, unfortunately. On Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and will not be making the trip to Buffalo to play the Bills in the season finale. Those two guys are George Fant and Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff, in his second year as an undrafted free agent out of Memphis, had a solid rookie year for a guy who wasn't even drafted. And when he played this year, he was okay. Gives him a nice rotational piece at edge rusher going forward, but. He's had battles with injuries all season. George Fant had a really nice year this year. Some people got a little carried away saying he was an elite left tackle. I wouldn't go that far, but he did play well. It's a shame that he's not going to be in the season finale, but it is nice to know that he's got one year left on his deal, so the Jets can either bring him back as a starter next year or they've got an attractive trade piece if they want to go a different route. Like, let's say they want to bring back Morgan Moses or use a high draft pick on a tackle. They could always move Fant or they could keep him, let him start. There's a lot of options going forward as it pertains to Fant and the Jets, but he will not play in this game on Sunday, nor will Bryce Huff.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree. I don't think there's that many options for Fant um, because we are talking about a pretty major injury here for him heading into the offseason. I, I don't know what type of shape he's going to be in to be pulling off uh, trades, and even if they are uh, trying to think about something like that, they're not going to be in the business of trying to give away good linemen. Um, so there's, there's options on whether they, you know – want to uh, play with any ideas of keeping him at left tackle, right tackle, if, and when he gets healthy. Uh, And there's options about future, but I mean, he's going to rehab and then they're going to wait for him to get healthy, get healthy. And then they're going to play him where they think they can play him. I there's, they're not going to be looking to move on from him. uh, And if they're going to pay the worst case scenario, they're sitting there saying, okay, we will go, Draft another tackle, start Beckton and then use Fant as a swing tackle going into the off season uh going into the season once he's finally healthy. I just don't see any way that one of those things doesn't happen. That that's it. So it just I just don't see that. Um but yeah, it's this is why whenever, you know, they're talking about I'm going a little broken record here, the talk idea of talking about Makai Becton coming back just to play a game or two. It's it's just it's just foolish because now you got guys getting hurt and going out and meeting this game right at the end of the year. And it's going to take up all their offseason. they're going to spend on rehab and not being ready. And then it bleeds into training camp. And then that's going to bleed into preseason and it bleeds into the regular season. So you never want to see players get hurt, of course, but anytime like you see like a week one injury or like a preseason injury, there is always a, part of my brain that I immediately go to, oh, that's terrible. And then I immediately go And the season's just getting started too. That's awful. And then I go, well, at least they, especially if it's a contract year, I go, at least they'll be ready to be in something where, you know, no one's going to stop pursuing them because of the injury. Um, so yeah, that it, that always just sucks to see. I hate seeing it and, you know, again, see it anytime sucks, but the end of the season, especially in meaningless games, really really hurts.
1: Chris, all I'm saying with George Fant is that yes, he's going to be coming back from an injury, but a quality offensive lineman always has some sort of value, and while he's only got 1 year left on his deal, the Jets might think to themselves, That if they can get somebody like Evan Neal in the draft and move on right away, then maybe they decide that they want to try and flip Fant for something while they can get it. I don't know. I'm just saying it's always possible. Anytime you have a decent offensive lineman, they're always going to have some sort of value in this league because there's just not a lot of really good offensive linemen to go around. So we'll see what happens. I do expect him to be here next year, but the Jets do have options with him for sure if They decide to go a different route Robert Sala also said that Everything going on with Zach Wilson All the controversy that's all on him It was a miscommunication Says years from now When Wilson is more experienced He can freelance for now He's in the pleasing stage And just did what he was instructed Andy Vasquez talked about this at length On the post game report So go back and listen to that if you haven't But it's very clear what happened here Sala on why Denzel Mims was benched The game never really presented an opportunity for him to play. I would say that he never presented an opportunity for himself to play based on what he's done the last few weeks. And this is coming from somebody who was one of his biggest supporters at one point in the season. So, Chris, before we get into anything else that was said by Salah or the other players throughout the week, I wanted to get your thoughts very briefly on what happened because it seems to me pretty clear cut on the fourth and two that it was indeed a miscommunication and that... Zach Wilson got fooled by something that he thought he saw that Tampa Bay was able to use to trick him because he's a young quarterback who's only made a handful of starts in his career so far, and so he was no match for what Todd Bowles and that defensive front were going to use to trick him in that situation. But LaFleur and Salah, and to Salah's credit, he said this, should have made it very clear to Wilson what he needed to do. There shouldn't have been any ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then Denzel Mims. We all loved Denzel Mims last year. We were all very hopeful for him this year, but it just has Gotten worse and worse and worse, and now he's not even getting in the game at all.
0: Yeah. So the the stuff with Wilson is funny because you know I I watched the game, pay attention to the game, got whatever my last tweet was, sent it off, and I went about uh, the rest of my life, and I didn't really think about it. I was just like, okay, I was a, a great game for Wilson, thinking there, and I just wasn't really paying attention. Then all of a sudden, I come back and I'm like, wait, what are people talking about? They're saying what? The what he did he tried to he he was selfish he tried to make it all about like all this stuff and I'm like none of this is what are you talking about like where is this coming from how how can you watch the way that everything unfolded and have that be your takeaway and your reaction it was very clear obvious and apparent right as it happened like I this isn't any uh, hindsight twenty twenty any playing the results thing and this isn't me bragging that i'm so smart and i know what i'm talking about i just had a i watched that and was like huh yeah that didn't work he clearly got fooled everybody should just understand exactly what happened why it happened and okay and we move on like i didn't think it would be something that even had to be questioned at all but all of a sudden people were just like oh it was obvious like this we actually talked about this a couple times earlier in the year uh, where I was criticizing the floor because he uh, I forget which game it was, but they had a, a fourth and short and they went with an inside run. And it, like, I'm like, yeah, you can sit there and clearly see that they're tricking you. They're tempting you to do that. That's what a defensive line will do in those situations. Um, so, and now this is the other side of it. Cause I get you, and everybody is right. And for this particular week, yes, that the uh, floor and Sala should have uh, hammered that point home for him. I also think that there, it it, sh- it shouldn't have had to be said. Like that's that's a common sense thing. It's okay. I Zach Wilson made a mistake, and he. It's okay. Every quarterback makes a mistake. Aaron Rodgers makes mistakes. There's nothing negative about him making a mistake in the moment, except for that mistake didn't work, and then they, you know, ended up losing the game. But that's a rookie mistake to get tricked by that. That's perfectly okay. The idea that he did it because he wanted to be a hero was wild to me. Um, I could understand maybe that criticism earlier in the year when he was turning the ball over four times a game. um, And then, you know, say they magically get themselves back, and I could maybe understand trying to stretch it then, but it's very clear and obvious what happened again. I didn't even need to see the replay. You could see them lined up and you could see them baiting him. I like, and honestly I wouldn't even need to see it. I could have just guessed and imagined that the defense would bait him there. That's, that's what they're always going to try to do. So that the criticism about that was just silly from the jump. Like it, I don't, I don't understand it at all. Um, not even a tiny little bit, uh, and, yeah, you know, Denzel Mims at this point, uh, you know, obviously he's he's just – there's something not clicking mentally with t- the playbook and him and using it in there. And at this point, I don't know what else there is to do. You, you can – obviously you're not going to get a lot of trade value out of him. I, I think I guess the best thing you could really just hope for is hope that he can figure it out in the offseason and he shows up to training camp. Uh, and just takes off right from the jump. And he's going to have to have, like, if he comes into training camp, they don't trade him, they don't cut him anything like that. Uh, he, he would be entering training camp in the same type of situation as an undrafted rookie, where basically, like, you're going to have to do something special to make this team. That's where we're at with him now. If, if he even comes back to training camp, He's going to have to do something uh, special to stick. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
1: Injury news and COVID news. The Jets get three guys back from the COVID list. Quentin Williams, Tyler Croft, and Tevin Coleman. So they should all be ready to go for Sunday. The Jets unfortunately lose Kyle Phillips to the COVID list. We don't know for sure whether or not that means he won't be able to play on Sunday. Injuries, Braxton Berrios didn't practice today, but it looks like that's not going to be a problem. He should be ready to go Sunday. Also, Jamison Crowder is back at practice, so he'll play. And Elijah Moore, Robert Salas says, full intent for him to be able to play on Sunday. Michael Carter, it looks like, will likely play Sunday as well. So, if you're a Jets fan it'll be fun to Watch Michael Carter Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore In the game together with Elijah Vera Tucker there haven't been very many Instances of that this season It's funny because we expect those four Guys to be four of the cornerstones Of this offense for years to come We haven't got as many glimpses Of those four guys in the Lineup together as we would have liked but This could be a taste of what We're looking at next year and then many Years going forward one last chance to see. See it here in Buffalo in week 18.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's that's the only thing you got to look forward to. But again, uh you sit here just you gotta hope no injuries, no injuries, that's what you gotta be looking for, even more than uh, you know, good plays at this point. That's why I think it's so tricky and complicated about this part of the season when you're you know missed the playoffs, but you got a young team, you want to see some promising things. Uh, But you just you can't have those injuries that disrupt the offseason progress. So that that's the main things you got to be looking for. But, you know, this rookie class has built some good positive momentum going forward and you just want to keep that going as much as possible.
1: Jets awards announced These are team awards The Dennis Bird Most Inspirational Award Foley Fadakasi The Ed Block Courage Award Ashton Davis The Marty Lyons Community Service Award And the Kyle Clifton Good Guy Award Quinn and Williams And the Bill Hampton rookie who acts like a pro award went to Elijah Moore. Not a surprise there. Also team MVP, the Curtis Martin Award goes to CJ Mosley, team captain who made a really strong comeback this year. I know he had a couple of rough games in the middle of the year, but for the most part, very nice comeback after being gone for almost two years. Remember, he barely played his first year here in 2019. Then last year opted out due to COVID. This year, strong comeback. I guess you could quibble with the choice of him as team MVP if you really want to, but there weren't really a lot of great choices, especially considering when a lot of the better candidates missed significant time due to injury. The only other guys that you could really say belonged in the discussion were George Fant and Bryce Hall. Both had solid years. Neither one was perfect, so Mosley winning it makes perfect sense to me. I guess if you'd have gone with Fant or Hall, that would have been fine too. Chris, what are your thoughts on the year-end awards?
0: Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, yeah. Not surprised at all by this. The Mosley one on it, that's the only w- answer you could go with. And all in all, honesty. and now I'm. If you want to look at, I I agree with your reasoning about saying something like fan or uh, Bryce Hall, but you, when you factor in the leadership as uh, the locker room aspect of it, it's C.J. Mosley without even a, a close second. Um, the players love and respect him. He definitely had some rough games. I do wonder how much of that, and is, is you know him having to do a little too much because of the lack of talent elsewhere. Um, it, there's an old you know old thing about uh, you know when you're looking, especially at safeties down a lot of times. TV broadcast, you, people want to blame this the whoever shows up next to that receiver right there. But a lot of times that safety. It actually made a really good play to get where they were, uh, but you don't know what their responsibility was. They end up getting blamed, and it was really like, wow, it's impressive you made it that close. Um, And I think some of that was going on in some of CJ's struggles this year. But, again, with the leadership aspect, uh, he's one of those players that doesn't say too much, but when he talks, everybody listens, and they soak it in. Um you know, the Quentin Williams one isn't a surprise at all. That Elijah Moore one again, that's another one that I first day he showed up, and it's not, you know, I'm not thinking about this award, but if you had asked me on that first day who would win that award, I would have I wouldn't have taken a even a a millisecond to to think about it. I would have said Elijah Moore. Like no questions asked. That's that's obvious. He was the guy that from they want in every aspect, uh, dealing with us, talking to us, there was no like, hey, just rookie stuff. It's like, okay, this guy, he he's, he belongs. He knows he belongs, and he acts like it.
1: Few other quotes from throughout the week. Braxton Berrios said that he'd love to be here in reference to his impending free agency, but isn't going to focus on that until after the season. That's about the only thing he could say in that circumstance. Quinton Williams said that dealing with COVID was a huge challenge, but he's glad he's back and is going to play in the season finale on Sunday. Sheldon Rankin said that redemption is in the team's heart after getting beaten down in November at MetLife Stadium 45-17. The team would like to avenge that loss. Also said that team improvement and a strong finish are motivators for the players. And last but not least, Chris, I love that Robert Sala and Tom Brady himself actually had some really fun quotes about Brandon Eccles going up to Tom Brady after the game and asking if he would sign the football that he intercepted. Now, let's keep in mind that Eccles is a rookie in the league who I'm sure grew up looking up to Tom Brady. We also know because there were articles written throughout the week that Eccles' father is an enormous Tom Brady fan, so that's a motivating factor for him as well. Salas said that he had no problem whatsoever with Eccles seeking out the autograph after the game. And then Tom Brady was asked about it. And here was the question on Sirius Satellite Radio to Tom Brady. Another favorite subject of yours is interceptions. You threw one Sunday to Brandon Eccles. He was quite proud of that at the end of the half. They went down and got a field goal. And after the game, he ran across the field with the ball and a pen and you graciously signed it. Is that the first time that's ever happened to you? Brady laughing. Yeah, that was the first time. What a nice guy. Young player. It was actually it was kind of flattering. It's not often I've signed an interception ball, too. I think that's the first time. I don't necessarily like signing mistakes. Let me just say that. So that's the last time I'm going to do that. I know it's the season of giving. I don't plan on giving any more gifts to people for that either. It's much better to receive than give from my standpoint as a quarterback. Now, what Tom Brady's saying there at the end isn't I'm not going to sign anybody's ball Or I'm not going to give anybody a jersey Or anything like that I think what he's trying to say there is I don't plan on giving other people Interception balls To come ask me to autograph after the game He's saying he wants to clean up his interceptions But good for Salah for saying publicly That he doesn't have a problem with it Because I don't see why anybody would And also good for Brady For finding the humor in what happened there And graciously signing Brandon Echols ball
0: no one should see why somebody would have a problem with it, but we should all know that, of course, people will have a problem with it. <laughs> people have a problem with anything and everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm at the point where I'm just like, okay, I can't, I, I can't even be bothered to react with disgust anymore at this because what are you doing? Who cares? <laughs> why wouldn't he want that sign? Like, I don't understand how that's a bad thing, but. You got I, I just know that somebody's gonna think that it is. That's that's what it is nowadays. That's there's always gonna be somebody who thinks something like that is disgusting. You're showing weakness or something. And I'm I'm sorry, you you show more weakness by caring about that. Like it's just stop. Everyone needs to not care.
1: One last note before we go, Chris. Braxton Berrios also said today when talking to the media that after he was cut by the New England Patriots, he started to really doubt himself. And this season with the Jets has really boosted his confidence. And it should because he went from a guy who really didn't feel like he had a role in the NFL after the Patriots dumped him to now really feeling like he belongs here, especially in this LeFleur offense where he's really found a niche, and also, of course, as a kick returner in Brant Boyer's system. So, as we've said, would like to see Braxton Berrios back. I'm not going to go crazy and pretend like he should be at the absolute top of the Jets' list. They certainly have bigger fish to fry, but the report this week by my friend Nick Spano over at U Stadium that the Jets have already begun trying to re-sign him before he hits free agency— Seems like a smart move, because if you can get them locked down now, then that's one less thing that you have to worry about. And certainly, as we said... He's been a nice piece for this team, even though it's been a bad year here in 2021 for the Jets. Chris Nimbley, the very big deal, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the midweek news with me. Really appreciate it. Make sure you're checking out everything Chris is doing over at JetsInsider.com. Follow him on Twitter at CNimbley and at JetsInsider. Check out everything we've got going on over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the play like a jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under, Luke Grant has a great video breaking down Zach Wilson's excellent performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers using all 22 footage. So you can see the same vantage point that I got to see at the stadium throughout the game. Well worth your time Watch the video Subscribe to the channel If you haven't already Visit our store At tpublic.com That's tee We've got the Zach Says Go Long shirt The Zach the Ripper shirt Quinn and Williams John Franklin Myers Bless You Thank You shirt The Play Like a Jet logo shirt Caps Hoodies Mugs It's all there tpublic.com That's tee And give us a five star review For the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you go ahead and do that for us we'll be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like jet.com